Hi, everybody. This is Peter Bassler, and we are back with another episode of Peer Connections, the podcast series for the Global Peer Financing Association, otherwise known as GPFA. Today, we are here to talk to the Healthcare of Ontario Pension Plan, also known as HOOP, with Rob Gooby and Steve Anderson. And I've known Rob for 15 years. He's a good friend. So they are considered one of the most sophisticated and unique players in this space. So we're excited to hear from them. Now we're going to pass it off to Steve Anderson to talk about the evolution and the history of securities financing at Hoop. Steve, welcome. Thanks very much, Peter. I joined Hoop in 2006. It's interesting. I had a bit of a varied background. It was one of the reasons I got the job. I had a derivative background, having traded precious metal and FX options at Scotia in a prior job. And I had actually been the repo trader and funding and liquidity at ABN Amro Bank in the late 90s. So I had a little bit of everything. I'd also traded some FX. So I was a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none, so to speak. And that really helped me get my job at Hoop as coming into work in the equity derivatives because we are a big derivative shop and also start up the funding and liquidity. We didn't have a repo program at all at Hoop at the time. So I was tasked with starting up the repo program. When I first arrived at Hoop, the first time I went to do a repo trade, I was working off sheets of papers that had our positions from our custodian that were three days old. So I had to call up the custodian before I did a repo trade to make sure we actually had the bonds still with us and they hadn't been lent out by the custodian. And then it was up to Rob in the middle office trying to figure out how we were actually going to book these things since our system couldn't handle the sell buyback because it treated it as an outright sale. So we were trying to figure out how to book these things and how to account for them and whatnot. So it was a bit of a mess. And so where we are today versus where we were then, now we've got a world-class collateral management system with straight through processing of repo trades. And it's just incredible to me where we've come from where we were when I first joined. And on the SEC lending side, we were borrowers of Canadian stocks mainly at the time against some of long swap positions. It was a bit of a finance trade that we'd use to raise cheap cash. We were actually posting Canadian government bonds against borrowing equities and paying about seven basis points for the privilege at the time, which didn't make sense, but we were sort of beholden to our limited amount of counterparties and where they were prepared to do the trade. So we were quite lucky at Hoop. I think there was a bit of a foresight on the part of Jim Cohen, and maybe we got a little bit lucky where he recognized after the global financial crisis that collateral management and funding and liquidity, which often is a little dark corner and nobody paid much attention to it until Lehman collapsed and the various ramifications of that. And so Jim actually hired Rob into the front office to basically start up a SEC lending and collateral business, which we were sort of doing already, but it was more kind of a utilitarian function. It wasn't really something we looked at as a way to generate alpha at the time until Rob came along. And really one of the first things that Rob did, which was extremely important to how this business has evolved and put us in the tremendous competitive advantage position that we have today. One of the first things he did was worked for years and years and years on expanding our list of counterparties and our legal agreements, which take forever to get done. And that obviously gave us an outlet of different places. For example, in that Canadian stock trade I just talked about, we didn't have to just go to the Canadian banks. We would go to other counterparties that were happy to give us stock and we would actually get paid for that upgrade trade. We were giving Canadian bonds or whatever collateral we were giving and we were borrowing the stock. So this evolution from me looking at a couple of pieces of paper to try and figure out how to book a repo trade to where we are today, a lot of it, the foresight of Jim hiring Rob and then Rob's dogged determination over a number of years to expand our list of counterparties and the technology, Rob coming from a back office, middle office function, recognize the importance of managing that collateral and, and knowing exactly where the collateral is at all time. And the value of that collateral on a relative basis was extraordinarily important. 
So Rob spent a number of years building up relationships in the industry, getting the legal agreements. And truly, those are the two main things that really spurred us on to where we are today. And I think a global leader in the SEC lending and collateral business. And Rob truly is an innovator in that space. That was great, Steve. Thanks for that background. And Rob, maybe you want to pick it up from there and talk a little bit about where you guys are today and how you're looking at things. I know it's quite unique when you think about most of your peers. Thanks, Peter. I joined Hoop in 2000. Unlike Steve's background, my background has been always in operations. Steve came out from ABN Amaro's and he was really into the trading side of the business. I had good fortunes of working in the back office from 1993, so number of years. I worked for several banks. I worked for Templeton, HSBC, Bankers Trust, Deutsche Bank, and eventually landed at Hoop back in 2000. And the key role for me back then was to insource the operation, insource accounting, insource technology, insource all type of operation activities, get involved with legal, get involved with external managers, and we were insourcing back all those operations. As we insource the operation, we start building, really and truly building great operation capabilities to handle the derivative transactions that Steve talked about. And unlike most pension plans, back in 2098 to 2000, we were starting to be a really heavy users of derivatives. And if you're a heavy user derivative, what you start realizing is that you have to manage collateral. And there's a simple way of managing collateral back in 2000. Very simple. All you did was you have the CSAs and the CSA used to be 250 million, half a billion dollar CSA. Today we have a zero threshold CSA. And that is because of the great financial crisis in 08. When banks were going under and no one trusts each other, we moved to zero threshold CSA and recognize that financing has been, is taking a very important role in the business overall. I got lucky to get a job into the front office and working with the guys in the front to manage collateral. Rob, you often talk about this concept of an internal PB and an external PB. And I think that is really interesting because that's different than how most people look at it. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Thanks, Peter. So the way I look at financing business at Hoop, I think I have two functions. One is to act as an internal PB to all my PMs. So basically at Hoop, what we have, think about it like a multi-strat fund. We have PM for credit rates, FX money market packs we are and these pms their job is to go long or short and my job is to actually manage their balance sheet so for example if my pm go short a bond or short an equity my team would go out and locate that security at the cheapest possible level not only from a price basis but also thinking about it from a collateral perspective as well and also keeping in mind relationships because the key thing really in this business is you have to have good relationships with a lot of different market participants in the industry so from an internal perspective what we think an internal pb is mainly three main functions the first function is actually optimize your balance sheet what i mean by that is if you have one pm that is long one pm that is short first we want to do is we want to optimize that balance sheet we want to look at scenario analysis, think about if the market moved 10%, 20%, what does our balance sheet look like? So that's one of the internal PV functions that I talk about. We also look at leverage management. And the key thing really is, could I rehypothecate my collateral based on different trades that we do? How do we manage our total fund margin requirements? So we, unlike most pension plans, we actually involve in OTC derivatives, futures, settlement, and clear derivatives repo. So we are always looking at how to manage those internal leverage that we tend to take because of market movements. And a last piece in terms of internal PB, we're looking at liquidity management. And liquidity management for us is very important. We're looking at one day, five days, out to three months, out to two years. And 
what our cash flows look like and our gaps and something that we manage. From an external idea or from an external PV, most of the PV and banks and other market participants come to Hoop to get collateral upgrade trades and they're looking for balance sheets. So once we optimize our balance sheet internally, we okay and we'll risk manage, be happy with that. Then the next step is for us to think about how do we take the excess balance sheet and generate alpha. I think one of the key things is the quality of Hoop's balance sheet. And because of our LDI strategy that we implemented in 2007, you know, we hold a, a huge number of high quality bonds on our balance sheet, which enables us to use the repo market and other avenues to raise cheap financing, which then we can use the cash to fund trades for other counterparties like banks, for example, to help them manage their balance sheet and optimize their balance sheet. Sometimes it's cheaper for them to come to someone like us for financing versus the internal charges that were coming. Those were sort of the trades that we started doing a number of years ago, kind of the easy trades that was the genesis of this alpha generating business. And then once Rob started doing more of the collateral trades as well, then it sort of took off from there. But some of the earliest trades that I ever remember doing were just basically straightforward funding. I could use repo to raise cheap cash, you know, it was Goldman or whoever was looking for funding and I could make a spread there. And that was sort of the genesis of the alpha generation of this business. Just to add to Steve's point about the alpha generating business, when we look at this business, we try to combine repo, second lending, FX basis, cash reinvest, Delta One. And once we kind of combine those activities, then we would actually extract value. By just doing a single repo transaction is either generating cash or spending cash. But if you do a second lending transaction, you probably only pick up five to 10 basis points. But if you think about combining different tools like repos, second lending, FX into one desk, then you have an ability to extract 40, 50, 60 beeps, depending on how you pull the transaction, because there's a big FX basis that you could look into and extract risk premium from. I would just make an observation about the fact that you guys pull in a bunch of different products into one function of financing. And a lot of places, other pension funds have these as silos. And everyone that I've met with you, Rob, at different conferences has always been jealous of you guys, of what you're able to do. And to me, I think that starts at the top. And it sounds like it's the original CEO that basically set the tone for bringing this together. And I'd be interested if you had any thoughts for other shops, how to pull this together, because it makes so much sense. I think, first of all, in order to run a successful financing program, I think you need, first and foremost, management support. If you don't have management support, then you just can't go anywhere especially if you get a management support from the top, it makes it very easy to move forward. The second thing that is very important is legal infrastructure. And you need to have all your legal docs in place. As Steve mentioned earlier, one of my first tasks, I went to conferences, as you know, Peter, for the last 10, 15 years, always meeting different counterparts and looking to sign them up for MRA, GMRA, GMSLA. And we did approximately 300 agreements in the last 10 years. So you need management support, legal and credit. We work with our risk team so we can maybe underwrite or understand the counterparts that we deal with so we can get them approved in our approval list. The, the other thing that's very important in this business is what, Peter, is you need to have a great operation team, especially if you're thinking about insourcing these activities. So operations plays such an important role that most people underestimate it. And most pension plans, what they tend to do is they tend to outsource this function because the operation is so important. And they don't necessarily have the operation in-house, but who, like I said, I joined in 2000, we actually start in sourcing operations back in 2000 into Hoop. So we have 20 years of experience from an operation perspective, 
let alone just the training. So we really and truly paid a lot of cadence operation. And just to give you a sense, my team is a two to myself, four, and we all came from who back office operation. I've been there for 20 years, Marco Draman, 15. Uh, we have Jose and Kevin for about five years with Hoop. and all came from the back office. And the last piece, one piece that is very important is technology. And I think in order to do this business, very much high volume, low spread, and high operation risk. And how to mitigate that is you need to invest in technology. And back in 2010 or so, I think, we started on this journey of creating our own internal technology solution. After a number of years, we had a name for the product. It's called Flash. And we've been very successful. And maybe Steve could mention on the tech side what he thinks about our technology. So one of the key things, again, I talked a little bit earlier about the pieces of paper and then evolving from there, we were working off Excel spreadsheets that weren't always exactly up to date and trying to figure out what the positioning was. And then Rob and Rob started working with middle office to come up with a system, even just to give us the correct reporting in the front office that we could then use to make sure that we knew where every piece of collateral was at all times in real time. And then it evolved from that as sort of a middle office function to, okay, now let's move it to the front office. What kind of reporting can we get? Can we do straight through processing of repos? Can we have position reports? Can we look at each portfolio's positions? It's incredible where our flash system has evolved to where we essentially know where every piece of collateral is at all times in real time. What trades, if we're sending out collateral, what trades they relate to. We have historical data going back to 2012, 13 and all our collateral usage. And it's very important with our derivatives focus at our shop is to be able to move collateral around because we always have large cash and collateral needs every day as the markets are moving. And it's extremely important and gives us a huge competitive advantage. Just to add to Steve's point in terms of the tech, we build the system based on a couple of W's, what to do, when to do it, and who to do the trade with. And that's kind of what the whole technology builds is. And the division here really is every QCIP tells a story. So if you go into our system, a QCIP tells you the story. The QCIP tells, hey, we were bought into one portfolio. We actually lent out. Some of the securities we borrowed, some was pledged as collateral, some of the same securities came in as a collateral. So it really and truly is about understanding and tracking your collateral. And that's one of the key advantages for us is being able to track those collateral. That's great. And Rob, I just want to cue in on one of the things you said, which is who to do the trade with. I mean, obviously you guys did agreements with all the main traditional counterparties, but we're on the GPFA podcast here. And you have been one of the main drivers of GPFA and doing business with your peers. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that and how you see peers playing into your strategy as you look to optimize your effort. Funny enough, uh, Peter, you know, we know each other for 15 years. We've been at conferences and when we went to the conferences, we had the closed door sessions and we talked to peers and we're trying to get a trade done peer to peer, right? And I don't think anyone was looking at peer-to-peer back in 2008, 2010. Nobody cared about peer-to-peer at that time. But I think what happened was as we build a relationship with CalPERS, Ohio, SWIFT, and all the other pension plans, and we meet each other for the last 12 years, there's a lot of trust that was built. And I think we did the first trade with CalPERS maybe 2017 or 2018. But the point is it took years to get there. And once we get there, we were able to do equity for equity transactions. I know Kalp has mentioned in the previous podcast that they had to change state laws to get equity as a form of collateral. 
and who wanted to pledge equity, who didn't want to pledge cashless collateral. It's too expensive for us to pledge cashless collateral. Since then, we have a significant book of business with Calpers, as an example. We do the same with other pension plans. That's one way of getting to market. And the good news is Calpers use ESEC lending, as an example, to handle the operation. The other way we could think about it is there's some pension plans out there who don't have agent, but if you go to the custodian, and we, they could have direct trading. So pension plan X, I talk to them directly and borrow from them via the custodian. And then we could do the trade and have more like a directed lending. So I could see that happening in the future, a little bit more direct lending. Bilateral lending, I think, is going to take some time, but it will slowly progress. And, and I think being working on a pension plan, you have to take a long view and just chip at it and every day. The, the road is long and you just chip at it. And with time, when you look back five years from now, you say, wow, there's a significant change that happened. And there is a bunch of peer-to-peer activities taking place. And the whole vision here in terms of peer-to-peer activity is not necessarily to cut middleman out, but it's actually to expand your sets and have different route to market. So you don't just focus on custodian bank or a broker or PB. Now you have another option to get out there, which using a peer. And to be quite frank, I think peer-to-peer has been happening for a long time because Hoop has been borrowing equities from custodian banks and the custodian banks are lending from other peers, but we just wasn't aware that that was actually peer-to-peer activity that was taking place in the market. And so you guys have been a leader, currently are a leader. I mean, what's next? If you look at what you're doing now, is there any new goals for how you want to transform things from here? I think what's next for me is I really think that we need to invest in technology. We need to work with our peers. We need to work with different market participants. And we need to work with multiple routes to market. And I think technology is going to be the big game changer next. Just to give you a sense, I think from 1980 to 2010, it was all about derivative management. I think from 2010 to 2040, it's all about collateral and balance sheet management. We're already 10 years into that cycle. I think the next five to 10 years, there's going to be players who would make second and activities very easy to insource because the technology is going to advance so much that there's an activity that it would not no longer be a hindrance, but it would just make it easier to get business done. So I think next is continue to invest in technology. I think you nailed it, Robin. The key is that collateral is just going to become more and more important as we move forward. And, and technology, as you said, is the key. And also the GPFA opening up new avenues to SEC lending is very important, giving market participants lots of options to try and generate alpha A and B to also reduce costs. So I think what we're doing here, the GPFA is extremely important work. Great. Well, listen, guys, I think that's a wrap. That was a great discussion of how you guys do things. And I know this audience will benefit from that because you're way ahead of many people. And a lot of people have aspirations of getting closer to how you guys do things. So I would encourage anyone who's listening to reach out because I know Rob and Steve would love to talk to people and share their insights. And if you're interested in GPFA, we're looking for more members. So thanks for tuning in and tune in next time for the next Peer Connections podcast. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, Peter.